Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm a teacher, a fellow ADHDer, and a certified life coach. And I started this podcast with the intention of giving ADHDers everywhere a sense of understanding of this super complex neurodevelopmental disorder and to create a fabulous and safe place to share the struggles, the wins, and the newest researched strategies to help you be the you that you've always dreamed to be. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carmen, fellow ADHDer, life coach, and teacher. I'm here to chat about the awesomeness, the hurdles, and the new research on the ADHD brain. I am so excited you're here, so let's get started. Hey ADHDer, I see you. If you'd like to take the strategies and tips that I share in this podcast further, head to my show notes and click the link to join Focused. It is the ADHD program for adults created by Kristen Carter, who has ADHD herself. So the platforms are ADHD friendly and the transformations that I've made since I joined have been amazing. If you head to my show notes and use that link, not only do you save $50 in your first payment, but I get a credit to my account too. We all win. Go to my show notes now if you want more of these tips, strategies, and in-depth ways to manage your ADHD. You can also download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started making your own podcast to share your voice. All right, my friends, back to the show. It's advertisement time. So if you could just take a look at the app called Anchor a-N-C-H-O-R. It's fabulous. It's free and anybody can use it who wants to start a podcast. I highly recommend it. Super easy to use. You don't even have to buy uh, expensive podcast stuff. It's just a wonderful place for anybody like you or me who just wants to start a podcast and doesn't want to buy all the things. It has all the tools. It's I'm recording this podcast from my phone right now. It's awesome. Check it out. Back to the show. Hey, friends. Thank you for pressing play again on my authentically ADHD podcast. I'm excited to talk about the topic I have today, and it is called, well, I named it, um, Complex ADHD, Productivity, and Procrastivity. So, (laughs) 
procrastivity. Um, I'll explain what that is later on in the episode. So I'm going to go over kind of why we engage in the latter procrastivity instead of focusing on productivity in the ADHD brain. So there are three defining features of ADHD that most people, even clinicians, overlook. And they consist of these three things, an interest-based nervous system, emotional hyperarousal, and uh, rejection sensitivity disorder, or just basically anything that um, it has to do with our fear of being wrong, rejected, or told that we're not doing something correctly. So, I know, you're like, what is procrastivity. So it's the act of procrastination that's active. So it's still somewhat productive. For example, instead of, you know, starting a big paper that's due or um, doing a task that you need to do for work that's due, you decide that you want to do the dishes really quick or laundry or another task that is super predictable because it has a beginning a middle and an end and your brain feels like it's safe it actually makes sense when you really really think about it especially if the task you're procrastinating is daunting new or has a lot of tedious little parts to it of course your brain is like well i can throw a load of laundry in or do the dishes real quick It's almost never something that we get done really quick, but rather something else to focus our attention on. Literally anything else. Our brain will choose anything else to hyper-focus on so that we don't start that task. It's just one of the things um, about ADHD that isn't necessarily something we love, but it's something that happens, and this is one of the ways to start noticing uh, why we tend to engage in procrastivity instead of productivity. So there are a lot of overlooked but yet defining ADHD symptoms, and one of them, um, my point before this leads me right into it. It's um, a hyperactive nervous system. So we have hyperactive and interest-based nervous systems. (laughs) See, one of the classic questions clinicians ask when you're being evaluated for ADHD is, are you able to pay attention? Now, the expected answer is no, but 80% of the time, the answer is sometimes. Now, I know this might be shocking because you're like, well, I mean, you have ADHD, isn't that, doesn't that mean you have a hard time paying attention? Well, yes, we do have a hard time paying attention to things that don't necessarily interest us. If you were to ask a 17-year-old boy with ADHD if he could focus on video games, um, and he loved video games, I'm sure his answer would be yes. So the question, can you pay attention, doesn't really apply here. I feel like the question should be, and this is just my humble opinion, I feel like the question should be, can you pay attention to things even if they don't interest you or they are mundane or boring? Because the answer then would most likely be no. Because 
our brains, our nervous systems, and our limbic systems, the emotion part of our brains, are also hyperactive. The limited neurotransmitters for dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and other vital chemicals, we lack those, and we have to purposefully work towards regulating all of it. And doing all of that doesn't necessarily tell you, yes, I can pay attention or no, I cannot pay attention. Rather, I can regulate my attention to what I want to pay attention to and not, oh, look, something shiny. Now that has my attention. I've been reading this book recently um, called Happier, You, and it's by a doctor. Of course, I don't remember his name right now, and of course, I didn't write it down, but I'll link it in the show notes. He, it's a great book that talks about all the chemicals in the brain, different personality types, and even people with ADHD, like me, we all have it. We all have different personality types, different brains, different ways we think about the world and about everything. So I just want you to kind of think on that for a minute as you as you think about maybe your own diagnosis of ADHD or maybe you don't have ADHD and you have a loved one that has ADHD or you possibly struggle with anything, something else, anxiety, depression, any mood disorder, I just invite you to kind of think about it in a way that you're not labeled by this disorder. Because even though you have this disorder, I'm not exactly the same as someone else who has ADHD. I'm just here helping anybody who believes that they want some help with their ADHD or any of the symptoms that go along with that for neurotypical people. So to relate this back to procrastination, um, our hyper nervous systems are they usually manifest later in life into distorted thinking anxiety and other mood disorders that present in what's called the complex adhd i know we already have all these things and now they want to call it complex because basically having adhd and any other mental health issue makes it a complex disorder because of all the factors involved so the emotional hyperarousal part of it can be helpful in helping us jumpstart and get, get started on tasks because task initiation is one of the hardest things for us. But sometimes it's not necessarily work in our favor because we feel feelings like vibrations in our bodies. So if that feeling is uh, has something to do with low frustration tolerance, rejection sensitivity, or some other... Thing that makes us feel a bad emotion, it kind of is sometimes really hard to bounce back from that to get started on something you really want to get started on. It makes it just a little bit more difficult and we have to be a little bit more intentional about doing that. Um, I have some really great news though because this is not all doom and gloom. The brain is has plasticity and it can change like any other muscle or organ in your body. Another uh, little tidbit of information from the book that I've been reading is the point that the doctor brought up was that anytime there's a problem with any organ in the body, like you have a heart attack, what do they do? They look at your heart or you have an issue with a cough or breathing, they look at your lungs. 
Now, when we go to the doctor and we say, you know, I, I'm having trouble focusing, you know, there's something, you know, my brain is goes really fast. They don't look at our brain first. And that's something actually, since I heard that in the book, that really bothers me. Um, they do do uh, testing now that is... Um, has visual brain scan imaging, things that they do. I'm not going to try to uh, verbalize all of that right now because I'm just going through the book for the first time. But there are uh, research, there is research and there are ways to research new ways that they are learning that the brain can change. It has plasticity. So I'm going to go into ways that we can implement strategies right after the break. Are you an adult with ADHD who is looking for a program or community to become a part of? Well, I have the answer. Visit IHaveADHD.com slash focused and join the focused program. If you want my link to get some money off, let me know. It has changed my life. Let me know if you want my coupon code for $50 off your membership to focused the program for adhd adults led by kristen carter so just like with anything in life you can't change what you aren't aware of so i applaud you because this is the first step awareness way to go So then comes accommodation. Now, being a special education teacher and all, I know how to accommodate, believe me. But when I have to accommodate for myself, it is hard. I've been practicing for years and I know I'll still be working on it for a while. Now, I don't say this to scare you or steer you away from accommodating for yourself. I'm just warning you that it might not work the first, second, or third time. It will work after a while, after practice and tailoring it to your own personal life and experiences. Because the work required to make these changes is highly personal. It is a big choice and it is between you and yourself and possibly a therapist or coach should you choose to include them. So one of these strategies, I'm going to go deep on this first one, is observing your own thoughts. (laughs) So basically, thoughts are just sentences that pop into our brains. And observing them is different than believing them. So a thought pops into your head, observe it. Get curious. See what it's trying to do. Because I'm sure I've said it before and I'll say it again, our brains are wired to keep us safe even if nothing life-threatening is actually happening. Even if nothing that is threatening our well-being is happening, our brains are wired to keep us safe from all things uncomfortable. That includes new things. So observing that and knowing that you don't have to believe the thoughts that come into your brain, knowing you can choose to say no to them, is super powerful. You can intentionally choose to believe a different thought. 
I know, it's super mind-blowing. The next strategy has to do with our brain's default of what we call time blindness. I think I touched on this a little bit before, but making time visible is a huge thing for ADHD brains. We cannot predict how long things will take, even if we do those things every day. For example, things we dislike, like the dishes or laundry, things like that, um, things you just don't like to do, can seem like they take forever forever it's things like sitting down to do something that demands a lot of our executive functioning that's something for me personally sitting down to focus on something that demands a lot of my attention and my executive function um, I tend to procrastinate doing those things even if I do like them it's something that our brains just they just do so I've, I've observed it before and I've been like huh that's funny brain like yeah I know you know we've been waking up early we've been doing this thing but you know you're funny that you're going to try to get me to not do this by giving me the thought that oh I could just not do it today or I could do this other thing really quick so what I do is I create an active work block so for things that I have to sit down and do for my job such as lesson planning or for um, my coaching job such as preparing for calls or creating new modules or sitting down to write a podcast I create a work session they're called Pomodoro work sessions you can google that I mean it's a big thing with ADHD and it is a work block made up of 30 minute work sessions with active breaks. So after 30 minutes of work, I get up and for 10 minutes I walk, jump, dance, stretch, whatever I choose. So that is one way that you can um, get yourself to kind of sit down and do something or make a boring task like doing laundry or uh, doing dishes fun. Time yourself. Challenge yourself. See if you can do it faster than last time. Turn your favorite music on. Turn your favorite Guilty Pleasure TV show on. Whatever it is that you could do to just get started. Um, and also make sure you take advantage of those apps on our phones and the timers and all the things that are free. Um, I live my life by alarms. I swear, if it wasn't for alarms, I'd be late for literally everything in life. The last strategy I want to go over is the power of journaling every day. I do it twice, um, once in the morning and once in the evening. It can help our brains with getting all the thoughts that are unuseful, even the useful ones, out onto paper so that they're not mulling around in our heads because our brains are not built to hold all of our thoughts like that. So journaling can be super, super powerful. Um, our brains in ADHD also lack that get up and go do it chemical so like sometimes the block of procrastination can be broken by simply just getting started because that getting started that anticipation of reward we don't have that we don't have the um, if I just get started and then I get it done the reward of it being finished we don't have the visibility or the visualization to be able to see that end result so getting started is even harder 
So fellow ADHDers, I know, it's really not that easy. Sometimes we have to do dopamine influencing activities like running, dancing, working out, showering, or getting outdoors in order for us to get started on the task. So find out what that is for you and do it. Journaling can also reveal hidden feelings, thought patterns, and can help us get emotions out so we can move forward and be more regulated doing so. If journaling is new for you and you want to try doing it every day, I invite you to try habit stacking. Habit stacking is a simple thing for habits. You just stack one new thing onto something that you already do every day without thinking. For example, my journal still sits open on my desk next to my coffee cup. So when I go downstairs to get my coffee cup, my journal's right there while the coffee's brewing, I journal. It's a habit stack and now it's they're both habits and I could have I could habit stack something else on top of that if I wanted to. So, loved giving you these tidbits of information and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, listener. You are the reason I write and record and plan to continue doing so. If you wouldn't mind rating this podcast, if you're listening on Spotify, it's really easy. It would mean so much to me. You can send any feedback or any reviews to my email linked in the show notes. I hope you have a fabulous day. Stay authentic, my friends. Do you feel like your emotions run your life instead of you running your emotions? I have fantastic news for you. Guess what? Our emotions are caused by thoughts and thoughts are just sentences in our head that we can choose whether or not we want to believe. Now, if you want to get more into this, you should definitely hit me up for a free coaching consultation call. I will walk you through this process and you can decide whether you'd like to work with me one-on-one in improving your life.